Uh, my name's Dave Nelson, if you're new. Man, I'm the uh, lead pastor here at K2 and just excited to be with you today. Uh, we're in this series. We started last week talking about how to be rich. And uh, if you were in here at the beginning watching this video, isn't it crazy, you guys, seriously, that most of the people who win lotteries end up not experiencing fulfillment of life? It's crazy that the lottery somehow doesn't seem to fill the hole. And even though tons of people constantly buy the tickets, because we, we think if we actually had this stuff come in, it'd fill this hole. I'm wholehearted. And yet, I love that last line. It says, <clears throat> this hole in my heart can't be filled with the things I do. I should have known from the start I'd fall short with the things that I do. But I, I tell you, there, there's, but there is some good logic. There is some good logic to why we do this, all right? And uh, the, at uh, New Year's, I was hanging out. There was a guy at our home, and he wore a T-shirt uh, that inspired me a little bit for today. So I'm going to share uh, this T-shirt with you. It simply says this, money buys bacon, bacon makes happiness, and therefore money buys happiness. <laughs> Doesn't that work? I mean, how many of you are bacon lovers? All right, sweet. Anybody wear a size large t-shirt? All right, here you go. I'm gonna, right there, buddy. Sweet. You get the bacon t-shirt for today. Um, but it, it's, it's hilarious, just this, this sense of like, you know what? There are certain things that make me happy, and if I can buy those things, when that makes me happy, then maybe I should be seeking after this deal about being rich. But what's crazy, you guys, when you get to the, the person who buys a lottery, and why don't they actually experience the fulfillment that they could have if they were rich? One thing I think they're lacking, and that's what we're going to talk about today, is simply wisdom. Okay? They lacked some wisdom. Um, it's interesting, right? When, when uh, professional athletes enter in and they're 21 years old, 20 years old, and they get loaded millions of dollars all of a sudden, it's crazy, like 80% of NFL players who make millions of dollars end up in bankruptcy because there's a lack of wisdom, <clears throat> And wisdom actually takes some time to get. It's, it's knowledge, but it's knowledge with experience. Trying to figure out, like, how do I actually live in this life? And so if we're going to know how to be rich, one of the things that we've got to figure out is you've got to be wise. And that's what we want to look at today. Now, when the Bible actually talks about wisdom, it's a little bit different than just having the true or right knowledge and the judgment to act on it. That would just be general wisdom. But when the Bible talks about wisdom, it's really interesting. It talks a lot, actually, about wisdom. whole book actually written on it, book of Proverbs, if you haven't known that. And, and if you're new, I would just say, man, if you're seeking after God right now or wondering about this whole idea of Jesus Christ, one book that would be great for you to just jump into is a, a, the book of Proverbs. And the cool thing about that book, there's 31 of them. So you can actually read just one a day. It's kind of a very cool practice just to get God's wisdom inside your life. And here would be the definition of wisdom according to the Bible. It's the divine perspective that's available to and applied to life. When the Bible talks about wisdom, it means I'm not just taking um, somebody else's experience or I'm not going to somebody else who has knowledge or somebody else who has experience because they're wise in those subjects. And we do that. I do that all the time. I constantly seek people who have wisdom. But how cool is it to know that we can actually receive divine perspective and then apply it to the things of our life? God wants to give us what's true and what's right and what's good into this world, and especially when it comes to this issue of finances. So last week, as we jumped in, we just kind of shared with you that um, most of us, again, if you make 45000 a year, you are in the top 1% of the world. And so we just talked about what does it mean to be financially rich, kind of defined it as when you're free to do whatever you want. And that's why we discovered that you don't actually, you aren't rich until you, anybody remember? 
Good, that's what I thought. All right. Until you feel rich. You aren't rich until you feel rich. So you, you can actually be in the rich category of the world, and, but because you don't feel like it, you actually don't act like it. But you are. So financially rich is when you're free to do whatever you want. But spiritually rich, and that's what we really want to talk about during the series, you're spiritually rich when you're free to do whatever God wants you to do. And see, what's cool, you guys, is what's wisdom? Wisdom is having divine perspective and applying it to your life. And what he said is, I've made you spiritually rich, which means you're finally free to actually do what I want you to do, which is wisdom. You have the wisdom, and God actually wants to give it to you. You are free to be wise. So I want to pray for us, um, because whether, I'm not sure what your motive is, obviously, for being here today. But um, if you're, again, if you're seeking after God, this could be just a really cool uh, message today and experience today together. Um, in the hopes that might help you to see that God has great care for you and he really does love you and he wants you to know how to live this life. If, you, if you're already a follower of Christ today and if you're a believer here today, this, this message here is your chance. And why we're gathered here is because I, I want to live a life, now that I've received so much from God, I want to live the life he has for me. I want to live in such a way that gives him honor and gives him glory and that blesses the rest of the world. That's what, whenever I do what God wants me to do, it always brings him glory. It always blesses people around me. And it always sets me free. That's <laughs> a win, 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 man. And so let's, can we just pray? Let's take a minute and let's just pray. Get your heart ready to hear today. Because that's the whole point. Every, every word that comes from the mouth of God is like a seed. And seeds don't come in and do this. Seeds come in very gently. And then they just look for a heart that's soft. That'll receive it. Okay. I'm actually going to pray, but most of my prayer is going to be right from the scripture. I found a passage in Colossians chapter 1 that's going to be most of our prayer for us this morning as we begin. So let's, let's pray together. I ask God that, God, that you would give us a complete knowledge of your will and that you would give us spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way we live will always honor and please you. And our lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, we grow as we learn to know you better and better. I also pray that we will be strengthened with all your glorious power so that we will have all the endurance and patience that we need. May we be filled with joy, always giving thanks to you. For you have enabled us to share in the inheritance that belongs to your people. Who live in the light. For you have rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, and you've transferred us into the kingdom of your dear Son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. So, God, I just repeat that. Would you please come and give us complete knowledge of your will and give us spiritual wisdom and understanding? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I want to start off on this whole idea about wisdom with, uh, if you've read the Bible at all, there's a dude who had a ton of it, right? Who's that? Okay, Solomon. So when Solomon was going to be king, God gave him this very awesome opportunity. He said, hey, ask me for anything you want. I'd love to give it to you. When Solomon said what he wanted more than anything was just wisdom, God was very pleased with him. And so he poured a ton of wisdom. Now, what's crazy about Solomon is this dude had it all. I mean, when we talk about being rich, he was rich. 
So what you find, we're going to look in the book of Ecclesiastes. And what's so interesting in this book is you discover Solomon realizing, as I'm going to read to you here, basically what he's saying, he goes, I've got it, so I'm going to get it. (laughs) I've got it, so I'm going to go ahead and get it. I'm rich. I'm going to find out what satisfies the human soul. And so what we're going to look at today in the, in the, ver, the whole book of Ecclesiastes is a, a wise man, and it's kind of cool, he actually puts himself into this role, he calls himself the teacher, and he puts himself in this role of somebody who's constantly trying to pursue under the sun, as we'll talk about here, what can actually bring fulfillment to human beings. And the section I'm going to read you today is he really tries to find out, can desires being fulfilled, can pleasure, can happiness Can that actually fulfill me? If I'm free to do whatever I want, which he is, I'm going to see if I can pursue every pleasure and see if that actually satisfies the human soul. And I think what we're going to find here is there's actually a problem with pleasure. There's a problem with it. Now, anybody out there like pleasure? Okay. You know, and here's what I love. I think there's only one reason we have a desire for pleasure. And I think that's because God gave it to us, man. God gave us a desire for pleasure, and he gave us all the senses to be able to enjoy. So there's nothing wrong with pleasure, but it can be a problem. All right, so here we go. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, 1 through 11. I'm just going to read right through this, and then we'll tear it apart. I said to myself, come now, and I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. So I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and I planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also own more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and a harem as well, the delights of a man's heart. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I love this, you guys. When I read this, do you guys realize nothing changes on on this planet? I, uh, this dude's writing this 3,000 years ago, and we're all like, uh-huh, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. See, because when you're rich and you're free to do whatever you want, what Solomon basically said here, okay, I'm going to go after it, man. I'm gonna, everything that I can desire, everything that might bring me pleasure, I'm going to figure it out. So let's just look through this list and see if, if it's the same for us. The first one he says is, I'm going to pursue fun. He goes, I'm, I'm going after wine and folly. Basically, he goes, I'm I'm just going to go to a bunch of keggers. I'm going to have a blast. I'm going to just party like a wild man. I'm going to join a fraternity. It's going to be awesome. Let's see if that does it. And he did it. And then he said accomplishments, great projects, awesome things. So we do that. We we, as well, we go, maybe if I accomplish a lot of things. And then he said, freedom from work. I love that one. I'll just buy me a bunch of slaves. I'll just have them do everything that I don't want to do. I'm going to be free from actually having to labor. And then he had possessions. He owned more than anyone else in Jerusalem. And sometimes, I mean, we just say, if I just had a little more, if I just had some stuff, then that would satisfy me. Then he said money. He amassed gold and silver. Entertainment. I love that. Because for some of us, we just don't have that stuff. We go, but man, if I could just, 
entertainment. If I can just find that, and just that'll make me happy and pleasure. So he purchased singers. And then he had lots of women. The desire of every man's heart. Very interesting. And then he had prestige. He went after it and he said, I was greater by far. By far. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I was greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. So I, I don't know which one you fit in there. Fun, accomplishments, freedom from work, possessions, money, entertainment, lots of women, prestige. This is just, I mean, this just sounds like human nature right there, man. It sounds like somehow the pursuit of every single one of us. And then the next verse in, in chapter 2, verse 10, he says this. I denied myself nothing that my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. <laughs> that's, that's insane. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. In the next verse, verse 11. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind, and nothing was gained under the sun. See, it's now, now, that's so interesting because there's no question. I mean, he, he actually experienced pleasure. He, he didn't, whatever he desired, he fulfilled. So there's something crazy here going on. Because after he do, gets done with all that, he says, I, didn't, I did all that and I didn't gain anything. Basically, what he was saying was this. And there, now, now think about this. We're talking about the wisest man, okay, who ever lived. And he's, now he's going to try to give you some divine perspective here. And basically what he comes down to is he goes, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Now, he said it was chasing after the wind. You know? Immediately all I could think of was dust in the wind, right? Dust in the wind. Everything is dust in the... Okay, you guys, I thought you'd sing with me. All right. So, but he just says it it was chasing after the wind. And what's really interesting, what a great uh, word picture there. Because the crazy thing about wind is you can, it can be a wonderful experience. Do you guys love wind? I mean, just a few days ago when the storm was getting ready to roll in, I could hear it kind of start howling outside. I just, I love wind. Wind can be an awesome experience, but here's what's crazy about wind. You can't capture it. You can't go, like, that wind's awesome. Stick it in a jar. It's, you can't grab it. And what he was saying was, I'm going after all this stuff, and I experienced it. What, didn't he? I mean, he experienced what every human, natural human being would want to experience. Like, wouldn't that be great? Like, just give me one shot at that, just once. I'd love to be able to satisfy every desire that I have. Just one time. Let me just see it. Okay, great. I experienced it, but it was like chasing the wind because I couldn't capture it. I couldn't hold it. It didn't work. And what's interesting, too, is he said, I did all of this. This was all done under the sun. Everything under the sun. And I didn't know this. As I was studying this week, that phrase, under the sun, can mean just everything physical. It's everything practical. It's basically underneath here, everything natural. Not that there's, that there's nothing beyond this world that I could actually pursue and seek after. So under the sun, everything naturally that I can get my hands on, that I can actually experience, I'm going to go after those things. And so he says, everything under the sun, there was nothing gained. Now, now here's what's interesting, you guys. This is not an issue of how much you have. Because here's, here's one of the things. There are people who have a lot of resources who actually, who actually are free from this trap. 
I know some people who, are, who have resources and they're free from this trap of thinking that all that stuff is going to actually satisfy them. And there are people with very little who are totally caught up in this trap who think, oh, if I could just have a little bit more, then I would actually get it. Now, here's what's interesting. He denied himself what? Nothing. He denied himself nothing. Now, most of us in here, we can't do that because we have certain limitations, right? I have limitations to being able to not deny myself anything. But instead of saying that there's something wrong with that path, usually what we'll say is we, just, we simply believe that we just haven't gone far enough down the path. So that's where the problem comes in, is we've got to check our hearts here because we're listening to a guy who actually says, listen, I tried it all, and when it was all done, when I got down to the end of the rainbow, there was no pot of gold there. And when I got down to the end, all that was left was me. I'm still me, and there's still this hole in my heart, and I've tried it all. <laughs> and see, we're down here on this end of the path going, oh, but if I, I just haven't gone far enough down the path. Watch this. If I just had a little bit more, if I could experience a little bit more, and see, so we've got to uh, decide today. One of your decisions for today is whose wisdom, what perspective of life am I actually going to go after? And Solomon is trying to help us say, listen, you guys, be careful. Because this pursuit doesn't work. And if if you're rich, if you want to be rich, if you need to know how to be rich, you've got to be wise. And here's what's crazy, you guys, about this too. is pleasure, and we all know this, pleasure can be so dangerous. It really can. And, And again, I think God gave us this. I think it's a gift. But it can be really dangerous. Because pleasurable agents, they feel good. They actually do bring sensation And something inside us just goes, I love that. There is a rush. But on the other end of these physical pleasures, there's always a tolerance factor, and we all know this, that the amount that gave the great experience initially eventually isn't enough. You all know that one? (laughs) That what worked and what brought great pleasure, that certain amount of money, that certain amount of a drug, that certain amount of of alcohol, that certain amount of sex... It doesn't matter. That thing that brought me pleasure, it did work, but the amount of it now, as I keep trying it, I need more. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that not true? Have you all experienced that? If you're human, you have. And we just know that that it, it, it takes a little more and then a little more and then a little more. And here's what's crazy, is if you are relying on the physical pleasures of life, to be the thing that satisfies you, and you constantly have to have more and more and more, eventually it will destroy you. The very thing that initially was pleasurable becomes the thing that traps you and destroys your life. And anybody who does substance abuse counseling, this is is one of the things that we just know. And if it's not stopped, it will take you down. So, we all need to be wise on this thing. All right? So how do I be rich and how do I be wise? Let's, let's jump to the uh, New Testament and I'm just going to go through a few things here. 1 Timothy 6, 17. Paul's writing to a young guy, young leader of the church, and he said this. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. So here you go. I, I, uh, for all of us, we have a command to us today. God's saying, listen, I got a command for you. Don't be arrogant and don't put your hope in wealth, okay? So here's some things about wisdom. The first one's this. Wisdom isn't proud. 
True wisdom isn't proud. See, because here's what's crazy, and we all know this, that being rich can actually cause arrogance. It can cause, and that word actually means to be high-minded. <laughs> I, I love that. Kind of, I'm high-minded. I'm, I'm I, a sense of self-importance. When I looked up the definition of that, of pride, it's simply a feeling, and here it is, a feeling or deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements. See, so now all of a sudden we have pleasure because look what I did. And, 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 and that's the danger, you guys. The danger of amassing a bunch of stuff is simply that. I, 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 I. Let me, let me go back to Solomon. Look at what he says. He goes, I undertook great projects. I built houses. I made gardens. I bought slaves. I owned more herds. I amassed silver and gold. I acquired singers and a harem. I became greater than anyone before me. Anybody want to hang out with that guy? I mean, it's just, see what money can do? See what possession, see, being rich, one of the things that it can do, it doesn't have to do this. And that's why he's just saying in the Bible, listen, let me just help you understand. Being wise is not being proud, but you've got to be really careful because as soon as you mass a bunch of stuff, you will have a tendency to think that you did this and you'll have a tendency to think that you're better than everybody else. And, and so just, just we can go in here. Like, don't even, just, I want you to think about your own heart right now. Are there people, any type of people, that you feel like you would not want to associate with? Because they're not quite at the same level you are. If you have any twinge of that inside of you, then somehow there's this thing that's crept inside that says, I, I feel like I'm better than other people. And the other thing that can happen, when you've amassed all this kind of stuff, and when you are high-minded, you can actually not think of others at all. <laughs> So it's not just that you're better than other people. Next thing you know, you can get so self-consumed. And that's why Solomon's coming in here and God's coming in here. And one of the things I think he just wants to say to you today, listen, how are you going to be rich? Be really, really careful. Don't be arrogant. Don't be proud. Because my wisdom isn't proud. All right? Look at this. So let's talk about what's it mean to be spiritually rich. Because that's what we're talking about here in this series. We're financially rich but we're also spiritually rich. God has given us everything we need. Look at this passage in James chapter 3. He says, If you are wise and understand God's ways, then prove it by living an honorable life, doing good with works with the humility that comes from wisdom. Isn't that cool? If God says, listen, I'm going to give you my perspective. You know what my perspective is? Everything you do, a a good work that's going to come from you will always, always come from humility. If you're bitterly jealous, and if there's selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Oh. (laughs) I thought somebody was scraping the driveway. I'll just go with this guy. Jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Listen to this. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. 
And isn't it true, you guys? See, see what's so, so just to be careful here, and this is why God's just saying, listen, I want you to be wise. Let me show you something. Let me share something with you about my wisdom. It will never think about itself. It just doesn't. It's always free from yourself. You can be finally free from your own pursuit and your own need. And you, I shared this with you last week. You know that that's what kills almost every relationship is just when people are caught up in themselves. And what's so crazy is arrogance can do one of these things. It can cause selfishness, selfish ambition. Look at them. I'm all about me. But here's the other thing, too. Again, if you don't have a bunch of resource, that's then, then, but you have the same issue in your heart, what does that turn into? Jealousy. And jealousy will destroy relationships, too. So God, the very first thing that we need to see here, and we'll go on verse 17, it says, The wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It's also peace-loving. It's gentle at all times, and it's willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism, and it is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. So the first check you need to just have in your heart is to say this. Do I actually have any sense of arrogance inside of me? Is there any type of high-mindedness in me? Do I feel like I'm better than anybody else who might not be in the same social class that I am? Or, on the flip side, do I find myself jealous of people who are in a social class that's maybe a little bit above me? Either way, God says, listen, it's tough to live in a society where there's riches. How are you going to be rich? Be spiritually rich. Be spiritually rich. And my wisdom is a wisdom that brings humility and freedom so that you can actually think about others more than yourself. And it'll bring life. Here's the second thing he said, is wisdom isn't misplaced. He says, don't put your hope in wealth. Can I just write down this passage for you? Because we don't have time to really get into it. But Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 10 through 15. Ecclesiastes 5, 10 through 15. Solomon just goes through this beautiful passage. Again, here's a guy who's amassed tons of wealth, and he just goes through this list. And he's, The first one, he says, whoever loves money never has money enough, and whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with its income. This, too, is meaningless. And, he, and, and, when, the, and when the Bible tells us, you guys, listen, be careful, because here's what will happen to every single one of us if we think, if we're pursuing Riches to bring this in. One of the things that Solomon says is all, you, all that can happen, everybody who amasses riches, they can be gone in a second. If you're putting your hope in your job, if you're putting your hope in your health, if you're putting your hope in the possessions or the home that you live in, anything of that nature, one of the, the, one of the reasons the Bible comes so clear, this is, oh, I so want to set you free from that. Because way too many people have lost their complete joy and satisfaction because they simply lost stuff or possessions or finances or their job. So wisdom isn't misplaced. It doesn't put its hope in wealth. And the verse goes on in 617, it says this, but put your hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. You guys, the spiritual riches of God, he's saying, listen, I can come and set you free from this. So what is the answer here? And the answer is this, that wisdom is yours. Wisdom is yours. 
the ability to have divine perspective on riches, on work, on possessions, on pleasure. You can actually have it, and God has given it to you. Look at this. Colossians chapter 2 says, My purpose is that, they may be, that you might be encouraged in heart, united in love, so that you may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that you may know the mystery of God and namely Christ. Because in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. How do I live down here? How can I be satisfied with my work? How can I be satisfied with the amount of riches that God has given me? How can I be satisfied with possessions? How can I actually use wealth? If God has blessed me with that, and I'm one of the people who has a ton, God says, listen, all the treasure of wisdom, my perspective applied to your life, it's all in Christ. That's what Jesus was, you guys. Jesus was divine perspective displayed. He just showed us exactly what it was like. And here's the greatest news of the gospel. The good news of what Jesus Christ has done is this. In 1 Corinthians 1.30, it says that God has united you with Christ Jesus. He's united us with Christ. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. If you want to know how to be wise and how to do this, he goes, I'm going to make Jesus my wisdom. You're going to see it down here. And then here's what's crazy, he says, and then I'm going to unite you with Christ. See, this is the gospel right here is that I'm not left as a human being down here to have to try to figure out how does this life work. Solomon was going, I've got it all. I'm going to figure out what brings favor to man, what brings fullness of life. He was trying to figure it out. The good news of Jesus Christ is Jesus lived it. He showed us exactly what life is supposed to be like, perfect wisdom. And then through the gospel, God unites us with Christ. So that Jesus, who lived this out, is inside of me, helping me now to have divine perspective when he gives me riches. He goes on to say this, Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from our sin. You guys, at the core, we say this all the time, please, but just grasp this again this morning. At the core, what Jesus came to set us free from was ourselves. Ourselves, our own pursuit, and money more than anything else. How can I handle these riches? They so tempt me to pursue things and to trust in those things for my life. And they're destroying so many people's lives. How do I do this? Jesus, let me come in. Let me satisfy your soul. Let me give you divine perspective. I am wisdom. I lived it. I will now unite myself with you, and I will set you free from your sin. I will actually put a new heart within you. We talked about it last week. The Holy Spirit comes inside you, and he now guides you and gives you strength to be able to say yes to what God wants. And you guys, we are, if you have received Christ, you are spiritually rich. You have everything you need to be able to experience and enjoy pleasure, but not need it so that it destroys you. That's the good news. And God wants to give that to us. So the band's going to come up, you guys, because the question here is for all of us, well, wait a second. I'm, 
I'm a Christian, let's say. Maybe I believe in Jesus. I believe all the stuff you're saying. Why is it then that I still get enticed by this stuff and am constantly pursued to pursue after the American dream more than God? Why am I still struggling with this? You guys, the key thing is kind of what's going to happen here for you in the next few minutes. And that is, I just know for me, I need to constantly over and over and over again, I got to fix my eyes on Jesus. That's why I spend time with him every morning. I have to, again, have his perspective because my perspective sneaks in every day. So I need his perspective. It's why we gather together here to remember what is true and right and good. It's why we have life together groups all over the valley so we can encourage each other during the week and say, remember God's perspective. Remember his wisdom. Don't get caught up in this stuff. Be an agent of what's right and good and show the freedom that can happen to a person who's wise with what God has given us. So right now, let's just take this time together. Mike's going to lead you and give you a chance to say, wait, yes, God, wait, stop me again. Stop me again. I'm totally going down that path. And I remember today that you are my path. You're the way. You're the freedom. You're the joy. You're the love that can satisfy me and fill me so that I can be wise with what you've given me.